Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. I am here with Nathalia Milo, and she is a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, and she is also Miss Bikini Olympia. Did I say that right? Yes, it is okay. right. Okay. Uh, yes. Or some people say Bikini Olympia champion. Um, it can they can be used interchangeably because whenever you talk about Miss Olympia, you think about the bodybuilders, which is certainly not me. Like the okay. great bodybuilder. No. Okay, but you are like the champion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm so happy to have you here on this podcast. We've connected a couple times over the years, and I'm really excited to bring an extremely important conversation to this podcast, talking about the experiences of being in the figure bodybuilding bikini scene, and then entering motherhood and just how complex that can be for a lot of different competitors, whether they are pro or amateur and kind of anybody in between. I think this is an extremely important conversation to have. And I'm excited that you are here as a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, but also somebody who is still in it, like as an athlete to have a greater conversation. So thank you for being here. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very grateful for the day that I reached out to you on Instagram because I felt like about 500 years ago. And and I, I think that that's, that's important to be having these conversations, not only about pregnancy and postpartum, but like cross uh, modalities. Right. Um, you like primarily your main focus in the beginning of the course was like a bit the CrossFit community and things like that. But I do feel like everything that you teach can be expanded and can be talked about in different modalities. And that's something that has been incredibly important to me. Um, as a coach and as a mom to to be able to navigate the changes that come not only physical but like priority changes with your time and everything uh, and be able to help my clients with with the information that you have provided so oh. thanks for having me thank you for saying that and yeah you know what's been interesting is when I first started talking about like pregnant athlete and postpartum athlete it just happened to be the CrossFit crowd that was that most easily identified with those terms. But mm. as you know, like I define an athlete as like anyone pursuing fitness across a spectrum of interest and ability. So that's not like, I think CrossFit, CrossFitters maybe resonate with that, but we're seeing triathlete moms, figure moms, jujitsu moms. Like there are so many different versions of athletes and women that are pursuing athleticism into motherhood and beyond. So a lot of our work, collective work of the team of PMPA coaches is across all fitness, all interests, all abilities, right? And yeah. I mean, it's been awesome to see how it's 
kind of manifested in different ways. And I, you've absolutely been a huge part of that with your reach and the work that you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I, I really agree with that. And I think that also our, our job as coaches is to just kind of like be able to parse out the, the quote unquote, hardcore mentality that the media portrays when it comes like I, I just find that whenever we're talking about the media there are so two incredible like extreme incredible extremes uh when it comes to addressing pregnancy and pregnant women it's like it's either like okay you just have to stay home and like crochet until you have like your child and go for gentle walks and maybe swimming but not too hard right. and then you have the one that is like uh showcasing uh, an athlete that is like running sprints and nine months pregnant. And, and then the, the ones who want to align their bias with something that is like, don't do much. will like, we'll lean towards that stay home and crochet. And then the other ones will be like, see, she's doing it. So I, I got to do it too. Right. So I think that it's, um, and, and like most things in life, balance doesn't quote unquote sell. And, and it's, you know, and, and it's, and, and it's unfortunate, but it is true. Like the balance doesn't sell the finding your happy medium. It's not really a messaging that, that sells. So it's almost like as uh, pregnancy and postpartum and uh, postpartum and athleticism coaches, we are fighting a battle that is against the both, both extremes and finding that what works for each, each individual in a way that doesn't compromise their overall health because whenever we're talking about exercise we're also talking about mental health and all of that for a lot of women yeah. and your physical health on things that a lot of women don't even know they have like pelvic floor muscles right oh my gosh you totally nailed it with that and it's it is it's it's not sexy right like and i yeah. have been this like eight years of just trying to like bring some reason. And like the thing about coaching in general, all coaches, like we operate in nuance, right? Cause no two athletes are the same. No two like games are going to be the same. No two like seasons of like competing or whatever are going to be the same. So we are so used to having these adaptable conversations and like literally making game time decisions, right? That is part of, of our operating system. And somehow, in, especially in like the pre and postnatal space, that got totally lost. And so I was, you know, have really tried to bring the scope as a strength and conditioning coach where it's like, hey, why are the why are there these like weird, rigid rules or these extremes when coaching and athleticism in general is such it's just across a spectrum. Fluid. It's very it's fluid. so fluid. It's so fluid, especially if our goal is to support women through their lifetime of athleticism, mm -hmm. like then we have to acknowledge pregnancy and postpartum and yeah. how that sets us up for the rest of our life. Right. And yeah. this, that is not an easy message to sell or get that buy-in on. So I'm always so grateful when mm -hmm. people like you, anyone who's listening to this podcast can go like, ah, there, she might be onto something here, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and one thing that I find even um, on on my space, which would be a very aesthetic driven space, right? Um, a lot of uh, women's identity in my my space of like the bodybuilding and like uh, bikini competitions and things like that. A lot of women's identity is directly attached to their physical appearance, 
because it is ultimately how you are judged. Right. You are not judged because you squatted a hundred pounds or you're judged if like, if you have a, a glute a tam tie-in kind of, you know? Right. Um, so, and, and how do you go from having full control of your body and being able to manipulate how, like how much water retention you're going to have or not have with the amount of water that you drink or don't drink? to get ready for a show, to literally go down the rabbit hole of the mindfuck that pregnancy can be when it comes to the physical changes that come. So I personally experienced that. But thankfully, when I did get pregnant, I had already, uh, I was already towards the tail end of my my career, like on a competition standpoint, but I was still very emotionally attached to holding on to who I was right and who I was was very who I was was my body right yeah so you, I really had to have a lot of come to Jesus moments uh and and it's humbling it's very humbling like whenever I felt pregnant I was traveling like um on my career I I traveled to over 30 different countries to do seminars about fitness and I could come and I and I could come and go as I pleased. My husband was a professional athlete as well. He played professional rugby for 15 years. So there was the whole transition of me being an athlete and being in full control of my body, my agenda, my I would come and go as I please, and and you know, just do all the things and then not be able to control my body, not really being able to do as much of the traveling as I once was because of, you know, like I wanted to prepare my house and things like that, making, having to make those difficult choices and also trying to navigate, not resenting my husband for the fact that his career was not being affected by the, by having a child. Right. His life was remaining unchanged even though he was about to have, me, to have a child, my husband is the most supportive man on the planet. Right. But how do you voice that? And how do you navigate that conversation in a way that is not going to be something like, fuck this shit, I'm out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to not feel resentful. I mean, even if like for those whose careers aren't directly affected, which like, how is that even... I mean, every, when you become a mom, your life is just everything about your life is impacted by it. And it's less so for a lot of men. Um, cause it's not really their body that's involved as much, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a different, different responsibilities, even for the most supportive of partners. So it's super hard, but to rewind a little bit, you, did you win Olympia and then say like, all right, my career is concluded. And I think I want to start, like, I think I want to become a mom. Is that what your story was like? What was your timeline there? Something along the lines of that. So (laughs) I won the Olympia 10 years ago in 2012. And then right after, and my husband and I did long distance, I lived in Florida and he lived in Ireland. And then we did long distance for two and a half years. And then right after I won the Olympia, we agreed that I was going to move to Ireland because he was under contract as a professional rugby player and he played like he, Roger was a very um, high level athlete 
in rugby. And so it just didn't, wouldn't make sense for him to come to Florida. So I moved to Ireland. So the changes started there, like, uh, the, like starting to lose a little bit of quote unquote, your identity. And I was like moving out of my element, right. but it was also a great opportunity. I think that it comes like how you choose to look at this. It was a challenge, but it opened a lot of doors for me to reach the European market and do a lot of seminars there. And as I started to be a little bit more in the in the industry, I started to see things that I didn't necessarily like nor agreed, especially from a family family perspective. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of like baby, like baby mama, baby daddy. Everybody was like banging everybody, and I'm like, that's not the kind of environment that I want for myself. Uh, like just waiting for the next hot, hot thing because it is a very uh, superficial part of the industry. And I'm not saying like superficial, not in a negative connotation, but it is a lot about the way you look. So if I'm getting older, there is always going to be somebody who is younger and it's going to come. And coming to terms with that can be something very challenging. And that I saw very often in the industry that was one of the things that made me decide to start to step away because I did want to have a family and I, I did want to have a healthy relationship with food and training and not be, you know, obsessing over how many extra ounces of carbs I was having because it was going to make me hold water kind of bullshit. Right. So, so whenever I moved, I kind of started to step away from competing because I did want to have a different direction in my life. And whenever I got pregnant, I realized that everything that I knew about training wasn't really applicable, not necessarily wasn't applicable, but there were different nuances in navigating that new stage of life. And also I had a big following on social media and I, I did feel like I had the moral responsibility to learn. So I wasn't like just making noise, opening my mouth to make noise. I needed to know that if people were going to my social media platforms for advice and for questions and to kind of like, to a certain extent, influence their decisions moving forward whenever they did get pregnant, it is my moral responsibility as somebody who has a following on social media to be able to be providing people with correct information. So that's kind of when I start to become very curious about the pre and postpartum training because although I had probably like 10 different personal training certifications, I don't have to tell you how underwhelming the information about pregnancy and postpartum is on those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, really, that was the driving force when I was like, there's no good information. None of this is relatable, super outdated, or the person who's teaching doesn't actually coach this population. <laughs> Uh, and so like really that ignited a fire for me to be like, well, why not me? Like I am doing this. I can do this. But you're right. It was so underwhelming when it has the capacity to be extremely overwhelming. There's so much to know, but you know, it's just, it was really disappointing to see that even, you know, back then and still, (laughs) Yeah, no, it was uh, it was very interesting, and and even I, th- I would say the first course that I did was still not a stellar, but it was a good start. Mm-hmm. And the more I learned, the more I saw that divide that we started this conversation about. You have like right. the go hard or go home, or you have the the like knitting at home right. waiting for the baby to come. And right. I'm like, training is a big part of me. So how do like how do I better accommodate my new body to 
not to make sure that I'm not being an idiot about the whole things and without just having to swim because I hate swimming. So there's that. Well, I really appreciate that as somebody who does carry a lot of influence, you did your due diligence to learn more. And I, I think you mentioned the words like moral responsibility. If you're going to influence, you want to influence in the right direction. Right. And so I just, I do honestly appreciate you maintaining the integrity of the industry as a whole by knowing like, I'm an expert in this realm, but somebody else knows more about this. And like, that's how we bring more and more people to the table was when we can pass the torch and refer and collaborate so that, you know, we are all kind of staying within our zone of genius, but also elevating the expertise of others, you know? Yeah. And that's, I love that you touched this because what I see very often as a coach that works a lot with moms who are coming to me because they followed me when I competed. And then it's it's almost like the path of life was right. the same. And then they got pregnant and things like that. And the 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 regiment of getting ready for a competition, I don't know if you have ever heard on how it is. It's awful. Like it's incredibly, it's not like, it's not that it's awful. It's just very demanding. Right. And then what happens a lot of times is that these women have kids and they try to go back to either their old coach that has them doing cardio for two and a half hours a day, plus eating six times a day, plus training for another hour and a half, which is absolutely unrealistic for this stage of life. And then they just give up. And and then... Or they get hurt. And then they send me a message like, hey, I feel like my vagina's falling out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That. So, and, and then they just completely let it go which then makes them completely lose their sense of self because to begin with a big part of their own self was directly attached to their physical appearance. So they have not only lost themselves from stop doing the things that they enjoy, like training and things like that, but they have also completely lost themselves because they don't recognize the, the person they see in the mirror. Right. So that was one of the big things for me is like, how can we uh, meet somewhere in the middle and provide you with the information that you need to navigate this stage of life in a way that is aligned with the time that you have, right. with the, the priority changes that you have. And because of the population that I have been working with, there is a lot of the all or nothing mindset, especially around food. Right. Like I wouldn't call myself by any means uh, as somebody who's qualified to quote unquote, treat or diagnose EDs or anything like that outside my scope of work. But we did come across a lot of ladies that although they they didn't have any eating disorders, they had some eating disorder tendencies that came from that experience from competing. So I had to, like, that's not my field of expertise. And I'll be the first one to put my hand up in the air and be like, I have no idea. But I brought in a counselor to my team to be able to help to navigate these challenges with my my clients and having a registered dietitian on my team and having the support that we have in the group, uh, the, the PMP group to ask for referrals for pelvic floor and physical therapists. So having that and knowing where your position begins and ends and staying on your lane, it's something that sometimes is hard, but it needs to be done. Oh yeah, it is kind of an art form. I think there's so much about becoming an athlete mom that is about learning, but also so much unlearning of the things that you were doing prior to becoming a mom or prior to becoming pregnant, where 
what served you then in the life and the body and the interests or whatever, what served you then is not going to serve you in the same way now. It needs to look different when you become pregnant. It will look different because your whole lifestyle is changing when you become a mom. That doesn't mean that it all has to go away, but the approach has to be different. And it is really hard for us rigid athlete brained. I'm in control of my back rows. I'm in control of my training. I'm in control of my, the number of days a week that I'm training. I'm in control of this and that. Like we just try to control all the things. And mom life is like, ha, nice try. Right. Like you can can try to control as much as you want, but yeah, exactly. Hold my beer. Like that's not, that's not how it's going to go. Right. And that is a really hard thing. And when we try to, when we do try to control and have like really rigid rules for ourselves, it can be extremely triggering of different eating disorder tendencies of body dysmorphia of exercise, um, just like too much exercise, right? Where we're trying to, now we're overtraining, we're messing up our hormones even more, we're under eating, and our mental health is taking a dump because of not being able to make some holistic life adjustments. And I know you see that a lot in your world. Uh, yes, and and it's very um, it's finding that happy medium on how you relate that message without signing patronizing and condescending because you're like looking at it and you're like, girl, you're not the first one. At, like, chill, tone it down. Right. But how do you relate them? Because I am a very direct person, which serves me a lot in the the coaching. But at the same time, it can become very challenging when you're working with moms who are already very um, feeling very delicate. Right. How how do you navigate that messaging in a way that you are just not a bitch, <laughs> like as a coach, uh, but you are also speaking the truth. Uh, yeah. Like, and and I think that that's one of the, the the biggest challenges as a coach is to navigate that and and be empathetic. In not patronizing, condescending, which I really think that whenever you're giving that kind of advice, because we have been there trying to control all the things and realizing that you have control over nothing. And it's like, I had a client who was pregnant with twins and she was like, before she had, and we laughed to this this day. I mentioned one time that my kids were on the iPads and stuff like, and my kids, she said, my kids will never be on an iPad. They will never like they will not watch any electronics or anything like that. And, and, and I'm just nodding and took every ounce of my being to just nod and not say a word. And then she had her babies and now she messages me like every other day, she's like, look what's happening. And it's like both of her kids in front of the TV. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's, it, it always like rocks us, right? It's so, it's so humbling um, with how, how things change and, and it can be really hard. I think when you yeah. are, I think that the best way to kind of touch on, you know, when you're direct and you're like, look, trust me, I know like a lot of people think that they're the exception to the rule. Right. And I say rule like very loosely in quotes, but um, they want to feel like they're the exception. Like, well, I, if I eat like this during pregnancy, then this is what my birth is going to be like. And then postpartum, I'm going to bounce back a lot faster and I'm going to be in the gym these days I'm going to be with this coach. I'm going to be doing this routine. And then by nine months postpartum, I'm going to be signed up for a competition so that I can have a nine months in and a nine months out before and after picture and post it on social media and then get reposted by everybody. And it's going to go viral and I'm going to get all the praise and attention and the validation because that is so much part of my identity that has been mourned Mm -hmm. for so long. 
And now this is not talking about any one person. This is part of our fitness culture in the bodybuilding and figure world in the CrossFit world in the mommy fitness world and the influencer world, that kind of approach, maybe different stimulus, but same approach, same thought process is a fitness industry wide kind of approach and belief systems and behind the scenes of those stories are a lot of struggles that are not on Instagram, mental health struggles, vagina struggles, marriage struggles. Like there are so many struggles, eating disorder struggles behind the scenes, hormonal struggles, breastfeeding struggles. There are so much that is not being spotlighted in this desperation to feel like yourself again. You're losing other aspects that's taking away from what's actually healthy. Our quest to be healthier, to look healthier, be perceived as healthy and fit is kind of the freaking opposite of health and fitness, especially in this season of life. There's a time to push. There's a time to push. There's a time to go. I can coach the best of them. I can, I can train hard. And also that is not a 24, seven, 35 years of your life approach. It's just not right. I know you're uh, like, Ooh, preach. I oh see my, you nodding yeah, and doing your honestly, answers over there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Girl. Yes. Hey everyone, if you have listened to this podcast and ever thought about wanting to learn more, becoming who you needed, or helping your clients train well during pregnancy and postpartum so they can pursue a lifetime of athleticism, I want to invite you to join the team of international coaches by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Enrollment is currently closed, but you can get on the wait list by using this link. It's www.briannabattles.com slash waitlist. By joining the waitlist, you get early access to enrollment, a $300 coupon, and access to the first 24-hour bonuses. So be sure to use this link to get your name on the list and be the first to get updates. There is a time to push. There's a time to go. I can coach the best of them. I can I can train hard. And also, that is not a 24-7, 35 years of your life approach. It's just not, right? I know you're uh, like, oh, preach. I oh see my, you nodding yeah, and doing your honestly, hands over there. <laughs> yes, yes, girl, yes. yes <laughs> like, I, I, where do I begin? Okay. I even was taking notes here like a crazy person. I saw. Like, <laughs> because ADHD and then my brain's like, oh, look, squirrels, hi, birds. I'll try I, yeah. So I, I have to take notes. I understand. Um, <laughs> and and that's, the, <laughs> that's the thing. Like um, a lot of... I find it hilarious. And and like I'm saying this in a very condescending way, but that's okay. I, I'll live. <laughs> but it's like when people come to me and they look at like they look at the program and I keep it simple because I know that simple is what one is going to give results and two is going to let you stay consistent with it. Because if we try to put all the bells and whistles in you like and you're just trying to navigate life with a whole bunch of kids and adding complications to it is just not going to be doable. And then they're like, oh, because, you know, I saw this girl on Instagram and she was doing this because you don't want to. And I work a lot with coaches. Mm-hmm. I coach a lot of coaches. So they come to me and they're like, oh, but you don't understand. My body is my business. And I'm like, I don't what? I do not understand. Do yeah. enlighten me how I don't understand. Because like I, ha- I got pregnant for like my kids are 14 months apart. I got pregnant with my daughter when my son was four and a half months. 
I was, I had clothes sponsorship. I had supplement uh, deals. I had magazine shoots booked. I had trips booked that these people are relying on me to show up and represent their brand. And I mean, not just sound terrible, but like if it is a very image driven company, a pregnant lady is not the image that they want to push if that is not their demographic. Right. Like, especially then, like it has only been like in very, very recent years, even recent months that we've seen bigger companies and brands actually support their pregnant athletes. Like that is an extremely new and still extremely rare thing for sponsorships to be held through pregnancy and actually featuring their athletes during those seasons. They usually just get freaking dropped. I held my my sponsorships, but basically with them hoping that, so there was that extra pressure of them hoping that I was going to be, quote unquote, be able to bounce back and then like use that, quote unquote, transformation to right. to be like a, a branding kind of stuff. So right. next thing you know, I'm having to literally pop out a child and these people are sending me like photo shoot schedules of when they want me to look a certain way. And I'm like... Sorry, bro, but I'm pregnant again. Yeah. Like, so I find it, um, I find it almost like insulting whenever somebody like tells me they're like, you don't understand. My body's part of my like, it's how I earn a living. And I'm like, do tell me more about your body yeah. being. But like, you came to me for the guidance, and that that is what I suggest. But ultimately, you're gonna do whatever you want to do. Right. So. And, and then people are like, oh, but I saw this person on Instagram doing this. And I'm like, do you know what their vagina looks like? <laughs> do you know, like, do you know what, you know, what their core actually is like? Or like how, how their mental health is, how their relationship with their kids is, if they're yeah. resentful. Because I do a lot of, know a lot of these people on a personal level. And a lot of the things you see on social media are not what you see. Right. So I can say that like very uh, firmly because I do personally know a lot of the people and I'm like, stop comparing because even when I was in magazines, I was in cover off magazines, people would come up to me and be like, I want to look like this. And I'm like, shit, I want to look like that too, because I don't look like that right now. Right. Yeah. It's like such impossible standards. And I know there's so much of Cade's early months and like his babyhood that I just wish I could get back because I was so caught up in like, I got to look, I got to look like a coach again. I got to like look and feel like myself again. And that was such a huge mm-hmm. focus for me that I know I really didn't give myself an opportunity to just adapt to the life that was unfolding in front of me because I was kind of focused mm-hmm. on getting back. But like that mm-hmm. life and body and version of myself was just, that wasn't a reality anymore. And, you know, that's what we talk so much mm-hmm. in the coach course about like, it's not about, you know, getting people back. It's about helping them move forward under like new yes. physical, mental, and emotional lifestyle yeah. elements. Right. But that yes. is again, an unsexy message to sell. <laughs> yeah. Bounce back I, is like way, way, it just sells so much better, but we won't go there. Right. I do believe that sometimes you have to give people what they want. Yeah. So we can truly show them what they need, because I feel like the more we fight against some of the messaging that we, quote unquote, don't necessarily agree with, the more doors we're opening for those who don't know what the hell they're talking about to sell it to those people and have a very 
negative impact because I do know that I know what I'm doing because I have tried my best to learn from the best. Same, same with you. But I think that whenever we try to fight a lot of the, the, what people want, it makes it a challenge to deliver what they need because the people who are giving them out there, giving them what they want, don't really know about pelvic floor. They are not attending your courses. They are not learning. They're not attending Anthony's courses. They're not signing up for Brett's courses. You know what I mean? Right. So um, how how much knowledge in, in do they actually have apart than just the marketing messaging that they know is going to sell? So it's finding that happy medium where you're giving people what they want so you can deliver what they need and not be like, to OTT on it. And it's like just finding that happy balance that I think as professionals, it can be interesting to navigate. Oh, it's really hard. And you know, it's, there's an element of like meet them where they are and like, we're not for everyone. So like, and that's okay too. Like I can meet you where you are, provide what I provide. And in a lot of ways that I can help facilitate whatever your goals are like, but there are some very like basic foundations of athleticism and of pregnancy or of postpartum that are transferable to a variety of goals and a variety of bodies and a variety of interests. Cool. And like, that will be your fastest path to Mm -hmm. what you ultimately want to do, even though it isn't shiny, even though it isn't sexy, even though it isn't like, you know, more, 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 go, go, go. Like it will be the faster way, but there's not always that buy-in and that's not like we just do it without what we can as coaches. Right. And like, they're on their own journey. Like autonomy is so important to uh, adopt as a coach. Like you have to let people kind of walk their own path and then support them in the ways they will let you support them. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I actually did um, not, I didn't lose a client, uh, but she chose to, not work with me after enrolling for like for three months mm-hmm. because I was struggling to get on board with a lot of the crazy stuff that she wanted to do. Right. Like during pregnancy, like the more, 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 uh, but she was hardly able to get out of bed because she was so sick, but she wanted more. And I'm like, how am I supposed to give you more? Oh yeah. And then like, instead of like, just rest, I want some like serious active rest so I can keep my abs. And then like, what core exercises can I do so I can see like my abs? And I'm like, you're not going to have abs. And and it's just a very challenging message to navigate. And and I find this, it's more with, uh, and I think you have said that before. I I heard this from you. I find more more of this with people who are like on the medium level of uh, uh, athleticism, Mm -hmm. like the professional athletes or people who have done a lot of very high profile. Like I have an ultra marathon runner. Uh, I have like a professional, uh, former professional volleyball player. And they are incredibly coachable and they right. listen and they understand that the basics will build the foundation for the next level. But I do find that whatever you're talking about, about like very general population, you're like normal gym goer and things like that. They are a lot fitter than a lot of their friends. So it's very hard for you to help them understand 
that even though they are fit, just because they can, it doesn't mean they should do a lot of the things that they want to do when it comes to pregnancy. And then my, my favorite is like when I get a postpartum mom that is literally just about surviving and then she wants to sign up to do another show. <laughs> yes. Right. Because they think like and this is a show or this is a CrossFit competition or this is a triathlon or this is a half marathon. It's like, oh, because this will kick my ass back into shape. Like this is going to force me to train. This is going to get my body to have aesthetic improvements. And like, trust me, I freaking get that. Like when you are a type A, like really motivated by a goal kind of person, like that feels like a really good and very reasonable and almost like super justifiable thing to do where you will get a lot of praise. Like you will get praise for that. And also it may not actually be what your body and your brain and your life needs at this point in time. It's not saying don't sign up eventually. It's just to get your ass back into shape and like hold you accountable. Like not now, like save that for later when your babies are a tiny bit older, when your body has recovered a little bit more, when you are like less in survival mode, when you're sleeping more, when your hormones have regulated, when your pelvic floor function has improved and your abs are like feeling like slightly more intact, like save it. Do not push yourself because you, you undo a lot of the progress you made by trying to like do too much too soon. Um, and that's honestly, that whole first year postpartum is like, that is just a more vulnerable time. And if you can train, like you are not the exception, you might actually become it. And like, that will, that will guide you forward, but you cannot train assuming that like these things don't apply to you, that you're like special. I wish we were all special, but like, we're not right. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're just, like it does yeah. not like postpartum pregnancy, like does not discriminate. Like you just never yeah. know. And even beyond Corn pelvic health symptoms. There's just so much going on in that first year postpartum that is worth slowing down for. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're not training and that you're not like doing things that feel fulfilling for your body and your health and fitness. It's just mm -hmm. your intensity needs yeah. to look different. And that's kind of across the board. Yeah. And I do thrive in routine. And this is like from a personal experience. So for me, having some kind of routine, even on that environment, that routine, it's not really the thing, right. gave me a sense of normalcy, which I think that that's what I needed for that stage of life. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes just getting to the gym gave me that quote unquote sense of control mm -hmm. that I haven't had in such a long time. So some, like I found a gym that would allow me to bring my son in a car seat um, that was like 30 minutes away from my house. And you know what, like even sometimes for me, what worked for me was to, even if I was a little bit sleep deprived, I literally would go there, walk on the treadmill and go back home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you gotta like change scenery and like move your body and just not have like, for me, it was like, I just want to not have a baby on me right now. Like yes. I don't want a baby on my boob. I don't want a baby in my arms. I don't want a baby in the ergo. And Cade was such a like, hold me and take care of me and show me everything like all the time right now. <laughs> kind, of, uh -huh. kind of vibe, like having that time. And uh, you know, it, it's hard though. It is just really hard. And that time is sacred. If you can find it, that's awesome. Sometimes like nap time can be amazing for that. And that might not be every day though. And I think that's another form yeah. of permission that we need to give is like, you can have routine and your ideal routine might not be your realistic routine right now. Yeah. Like you will build to your ideal routine. You will, because your babies yeah. get older, they sleep a little bit more, your boobs kind of become yours again. Like your routine, yeah. your ideal routine will come back. 
and it will keep being adaptable through your lifetime as it relates to their lifetime. It's just finding that that flexibility within the routine that you have created, because I think that this applies to the whole of motherhood. Even like now with kids, there are a bit more quote unquote self-sufficient, if you can call four and a five-year-old self-sufficient, but as much as they can be, you know? There are still like curveballs that come, like stomach bug that happens in the school that the kid needs to stay home and it's not feeling well. What do you do? And I think that that's another thing. Whenever you're in a coaching position and um, you have that resilience yourself and, and that people are always coming to you with a need to justify why they can't and why you can, but they forget to understand that it's more about having that social flexibility and understanding that life will happen and staying consistent even when that does happen. Right. And and like very often people are like, oh, no, because it's easy for you because this. And I mean, it's always going to be easier for like, it's easier for Kim Kardashian because, you know, she probably has 50 nannies, but I'm not going to compare why I can have and she can't, you know, like, and, and I think that talking about that social uh, resilience and that sh- social flexibility, it's very, very important because I feel like a lot of times people are comparing themselves to what they see on social media and making assumptions based a little square that they see without really knowing and all the hard work that is going behind the scenes or on a negative note, not knowing at what cost those beautiful squares are coming at. So navigating everything with a very, in a very open-minded way. Absolutely. And you know what, like life is messy, like pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah. And like it, there's just, I would say there's just hard seasons, but like every season can be a hard season, right? Like it just sort of ebbs and flows. It just mm-hmm. does. Like we moved to a new state. Like that's hard. That's new. That throws your routine. Like there are so yeah. many things like about living and just being a human navigating life that like you have to find adaptability, motherhood, pregnancy, postpartum. Like that's just, I feel for a lot of people, one of the first times that it's become a glaring adaptation, but I mean, really, this is just going to keep happening in different ways at different time periods for the rest of our life if we are committed to that lifetime of athleticism. When you can be an adaptable athlete, you become a sustainable athlete. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that. Like we moved from Ireland to Texas with a nine month old and a one and a half year old, not knowing anybody, Yeah, just me and my husband. And I mean, that was hard. Yeah. My husband was working 13 hours a day and I was just kind of like taking my online business off the ground while caring for the two kids. And, you know, like some days I would go to the gym, they had like the little childcare there. And I, I kid you not, I would sit on the couch that they had in front of the child center for an hour. Yeah. I would just sit there because that's what I needed that day. I didn't need to train. I didn't need to push. I didn't need to go balls to the walls. I just needed to sit in silence and regather my thoughts and just be without somebody screaming at me or trying to touch me or trying to get me to do things. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone listening, like just be willing to give yourself permission to make those choices and adapt what you need day to day. And you will find your routine and that will be what, what helps you find that sustainable athleticism. Nathalia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Where can people find you? Thanks for having me. Um, you can find me on the gram. Um, my my like social media platforms and websites are very uh, consistent across the board. Is Natalia 
N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A, Mellow, M-E-L-O, Fit, F-I-T. That's my Instagram and my website's nataliamellowfit.com. Um, and if you guys listen to this podcast, please send me a DM um, and say, hi, I heard you on Brady's podcast. Uh, I, like, I just, I just love when I, I, I see new people coming in that have heard and have um, aligned with whatever conversation we were having, um, because I do feel like these are hard conversations and people are going to navigate this type of conversations in different ways. So I think that whenever you do find that one person who, who talks in, in a way that you can identify with, it just makes it a lot easier to have a conversation that will serve you. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories and your experiences. Um, so valuable and make sure you guys are following her. So have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.